0: Did you know this podcast is powered by ACAST? ACAST is the home of podcasting. For creators looking for freedom to grow their listeners and make money too. And creative brands looking for smart ways to advertise. Podcasters and advertisers in the know know ACAST. It's time you did too. Visit acast.com to find out more. ACAST for the stories.
1: how to heal a heartbreak my name is florence barkway and you might know me from the fucks given podcast and come curious in this week's episode i'm going to be talking to a sex and relationships therapist called mike lusada Mike is a psychosexual somatic therapist. He is qualified as a counsellor in psychosynthesis, a California state-approved clinical sexologist, sex coach and sex educator. Funnily enough, I actually met Mike Lusada on set about a year ago from this day. And I had been going through my big breakup in 2019 from a relationship that I was in for four and a half years. Mike was on set being his professional self, his uh, therapist self, answering some questions with me and Reed on camera. And I confided in him about my situation. And we actually met up for a little bit of a mini therapy session where he helped me figure out what I was going to do with my breakup, whether the relationship was worth working on, and if I was going to work on it, how that would work, or kind of. Basically the just he was helping me figure everything out about that situation, the relationship, the breakup. And it he he was just so incredible at giving me this advice that I thought who better, who better to ask to come on this podcast to talk to me from a therapist point of view on how we can heal our heartbreaks. I feel like a therapist is obviously the first person that you would go to when you're having trouble healing mentally from some sort of trauma because at the end of the day a heartbreak is a trauma a breakup is a trauma and therapy can help us work through these traumas these issues we have space to talk we can say whatever we want we can be our crazy broken-hearted selves and just let it all out and obviously therapists give the best advice. So who better to ask onto this podcast than a sex and relationship therapist? I'm hoping to get some practical advice from Mike, something that we can all take away, something that we can all figure out how best to deal with our broken hearted selves. What is heartbreak and like why do we feel pain physically when we go through a broken heart? Because I think sometimes it's quite shocking isn't it? Like the pain um, that we actually physically feel. So hopefully Mike can give us some answers, some advice and some really great tips on how we can heal. Let's hear what he has to say. So I have Mike here, Mike Lusada who is a sex and relationships therapist who I actually met at the end of Last year, when I was going through my quite a big breakup, actually, at the end of last year, I spoke to you the week before I ended that four and a half year relationship. Yeah. So I felt like it was quite fitting to get you on this podcast about um, how to heal from a heartbreak, because I felt like you had some sort of personal... I had some sort of personal attachment to you for my first breakup and like weird heartbreak, so it, it felt it just felt right. It felt right to get you on to talk about heartbreak.
2: Great, well, thank you, delighted to be here, Florence. Yeah, <laughs> To Talk about and the your... pain of heartbreak.
1: <laughs> the pain. Do you often get people coming to you in your sessions to deal with heartbreak?
2: uh Of course, sometimes what I say more likely I get people who want to end their relationships coming and saying, you know, am, yeah. am I in the right relationship? And then yeah. sometimes working out they are, and sometimes working out they're not. Mm-hmm. um But uh but yeah, of course. I mean, we've all experienced heartbreak, and, mm-hmm. and you know, it's it can be just a it's it's a really deep experience. I think it doesn't really get kind of honoured and acknowledged for the depth think, of its experience.
1: Yeah, I, I really do I do believe that because. This, um, this year, I have gone through uh, a heartbreak that was a bit different to the one that I'm not even sure if I can say that I went through a heartbreak when I ended that really long relationship, because mm. I had already dealt with, I feel like I feel like I'd already moved on from that relationship way before it actually ended. And then this yeah. time the heartbreak feels very much real and almost like a new experience, something that I'd never really experienced before. Mm. And it does feel deep and very unsettling.
2: Yeah. The thing about heartbreak is that our intimate partners are the ones that see us most deeply. And so it's the place where we really open ourselves, we expose ourselves, we make ourselves most vulnerable. And, of course, our deep longing is, is to be seen. And really, that, yeah. that, that goes back to our childhood experience of the longing to be seen of the child, the infant, be seen by their mother, be seen by their father. And so, you know, uh, an adult heartbreak really touches into that very young developmental phase of like, here, mum, here I am here, dad, here I am. Love me, see yeah. me, appreciate me. And then suddenly, the the other isn't there. The, the partner isn't there. They leave and that leaves a huge a huge feeling of of you know uh, a hole a space in in your life
1: i think that's really interesting about the whole inner child thing and that support because i think the when you when you are in a relationship where you feel deeply supported and then that mm. has been sort of taken away from you you do feel very very vulnerable Suddenly.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the thing is that we're longing to be, to be mirrored. We're longing for someone to see us and so that our partner becomes that mirror for us. And then suddenly the mirror is taken away and we're left mm. with this huge kind of feeling of, of openness and vulnerability, um, like, a, like a hole. It feels like a, literally can feel like a hole in our heart, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think we go through emotionally when someone breaks our heart?
2: Think all of our childhood um wounds are getting activated. Uh it can be rejection, abandonment, it can be feeling not good enough. Uh Mm -hmm. all of those things. Everyone
1: can relate to Yeah. I mean we all have
2: that in different degrees, right?
1: Yeah. Um
2: and and so all of that's going to get activated. And and we know those places in ourselves because of course in our childhood at some point we've had the experience of not being seen, of being rejected, of Mm. not feeling good enough. And the particular flavor of our childhood, whichever kind of combination of those different things was our experience in childhood, is what we're going to feel in our adult experience of heartbreak. And um, so it's going to just reinforce the wounding stories that we have.
1: Mm, so we need to look deep, like deep into those wounds, I guess, and be there for our inner child.
2: Absolutely. I mean, the other. Is like I said, is is a mirror for us. Yeah. The other is not us. So what's what's taken away when the other leaves is only the mirror. The 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 person, the you, who's experiencing the heartbreak remains. So the important thing is to stay in connection with that heartbroken part of yourself, to love them and appreciate them and reassure them that no, you're not worthless. No, you're you know you are not abandoning them, because the Mm. them is the inner child. And yeah. yes, the we other, hear. the mirror can go. The mirrors, mirrors will come and go, right? Relationships change through life, and rarely anyone has the experience of, you know, getting into a relationship at 16 or 18 or what like 20 or whatever. And then lasting, you know, 50, 60 years through their whole life. Some, but very, very rare. So mirrors will yeah. come and go, but the connection to the self needs to remain. And that's kind of one of the ways that you heal that is by acknowledging the wounding mm. and you know, the bigger the heartbreak, that, you know, the heartbreak shows us our capacity for love. Because we only mm. feel heartbreak because we've loved. So the, yeah. the bigger the heartbreak, the more, the more capacity for love we have. The more open we've allowed ourselves to be, the more beautiful yeah. that experience is.
1: I think what, a lot of people find hard is reopening after a heartbreak because of how much pain that they do feel it then scares them into getting into other relationships because they they don't want to feel that again of
2: course i mean it's really natural right like you put your hand in the fire it burns you learn not to put your hand in the fire right you go i'm not gonna do that again that'd be dumb. but the problem is with with our hearts and with our feeling states we're always going to re-experience those so mm-hmm. you can protect yourself from that, but unlike sticking your hand in the fire, uh, protecting yourself against heartbreak means keeping your heart closed, it means keeping yourself in isolation and separation, and that's denying a very basic human longing that we have of being in connection, of being seen, mm-hmm. and allowing ourselves to, you know, to open to another person, it's Yeah, deeply, deeply ingrained in our, in our nervous system and in our psyche.
1: Mm-hmm. Do you have any idea why or like why do you think we go through pain physically when we like when we have a broken heart? I remember lying in bed like not even that long ago, a couple of weeks ago, still feeling the pain from um, three months ago Mm -hmm. and feeling so deeply wounded in my chest that it almost felt like someone was sticking a knife in me. Yeah.
2: Absolutely, it's, I mean, heartbreak is a very physiological reaction, and the reason for that is because um, there's a, a particular nerve in the body called the vagus nerve, V-A-G-U-S, not not Vegas as in Vegas, that's Vegas, <laughs> uh, V-A-G-U-S. And the vagus nerve is mm-hmm. it doesn't it it is it, wanders through the body in different places, so it connects to the heart and the lungs, it connects to the digestive system, uh, lots of other places as well, and, and When the vagus nerve is activated, when it's, you know, operating healthily, that allows us to be open. It allows us to be in connection. It's connected to our social engagement system. And Mm -hmm. when we experience the separation, the loss, the rejection, the abandonment, that social engagement is shut off. And so the vagus nerve closes down and about, you know, nerve, nerve endings can come from the brain down to the body or from the body up to the brain. And about 80% of the fibers of the nerve endings in the vagus nerve come from the body to the brain. Yeah. So the body is giving us all of this information so from, to, up to our brain, from our heart, our lungs, our stomach, for example. So, you know, mm-hmm. that knotted feeling you feel in your stomach, that mm-hmm. pain and emptiness that you feel in your heart is literally the nerve endings changing. And, yeah. and sending different information up to the brain so it's that's crazy visible. though
1: yeah yeah it is it's is mad that something that we feel so emotionally can become so physical but also like it manifests the actual like exactly how it feels yeah I don't I don't, I don't yeah. know really know how to explain <laughs> that but like well, when someone breaks your heart you're like oh my god they stabbed me in the heart and you it's like then I actually feel that.
2: But you see, if we, if, and, and the language that we use around it, heartbreak, mm. or stab in the heart, you know, is yeah. because that's where we feel it physiologically. If we felt it in our throat, yeah. we'd say, oh my God, I've got a throat break, right? <laughs> but that's not where the nerve endings go. So, you know, yeah. our language yeah. is, is, is has evolved to reflect our physical experience.
1: Yeah. And
2: feelings, you know, we call them feelings because we feel them in the body, right? They're not <laughs> a mental construct. You know, when you get sad, mm. you have a lump in your throat and you have an ache in your, you know, ache in your heart. When you, yeah. you know, you're scared, you have butterflies in your stomach. They're very physiological effects.
1: So heartbreaks are different for everyone, right? Everyone has a different wound and a different emotion that is triggered by heartbreak.
2: Yeah, I think you could kind of put them into different categories. It's usually going to evoke feelings of uh, I've been abandoned or I'm not good enough. Or maybe I've been rejected, which is a little different than, than abandonment. I would say rejection is yeah. like you don't accept me and abandonment mm. is you're here and then you leave
1: how how do we go about tackling those emotions though like cuz i think especially i think a lot of people will relate to not feeling good enough and like never feeling good enough because every single relationship that they've been in um like ends for some reason and they always end up blaming themselves
2: so like i said this stuff really goes back to our childhood um I think in terms mm. of what I call first wave and second wave. So second wave stuff is that we experience as an adult. But yeah. those are patterns that are just repeating themselves from our childhood. The first wave is our childhood imprinting, our childhood experience. So if you learn that, uh, you're too much or you're not enough in childhood, those are the, those are the messages that uh, you're going to have repeated in your adult relationships. Mm. So the healing is to go back and reassure that young part of yourself that they are good enough that they are lovable um really you can dialogue with you know we all have our inner children inside us and you can dialogue with them have an image of them come up wow. and 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 talk to them say hey sweetie how are you doing what do you need what's what's happening you know what, what how can i help you and let them talk to you listen to them
1: Oh, that makes me feel emotional mm. even thinking mm-hmm. about that.
2: Yeah, because it's just, it's a place of deep vulnerability.
1: Yeah. So we really do have to sort of visualize the person or our younger self that we are talking to.
2: It really helps to do that because, you know, most of us have a pretty mm. clear image sense of us as mm-hmm. younger, younger, younger people. Um, and when you start to connect with the image, you also start to connect with the sensations. And when you connect with sensation, then it becomes an embodied experience. Mm. And because the pain is a felt experience, like you said, the heartbreak is a physical yeah. experience of the heart. Because the pain is physical, the healing needs to be physical too. So that means we need to feel the healing in our body. So, yeah, visualize. Maybe the little the little young one says, I really need a hug." So visualize them having a hug, but also give yourself a hug. Physically hold yourself, right? Or hug a cushion, or hug your teddy bear, or hug your dog or cat or whatever. Um, yeah. Let yourself have physical experience because we need to heal at that physical level
1: that really that like hits home for me so much personally because like that immediately brings up thoughts of like not being not having that from my parents but I also pushed them away from a very very young age my sister was always very um tactile Mm. and she hugged um she was always cuddling with our parents and stuff but I would be the opposite as the elder child I I left their bed like from an early age like I didn't want them to be near me I needed my own space Mm -hmm. and because I think I acted in that way I wasn't I didn't I I stopped receiving that um sort of tactile uh support in a way so yeah that that really that really hits home with me that like need for it like that touch and intimacy and that now I can only find in partners
2: yeah and, and, you know, even, you know, I feel pain in my heart when I hear you talking about that, that young experience of yours, because even that, that young part of you, young as it was, that took yourself out of the the connection, took yourself out of contact and physical touch,
3: mm. you know,
2: that would also have been a reaction against something that was happening. I don't want to go into analyzing you, but there's, there would have been something that was happening that caused you to go into that kind of you know, fight and flight, right? That's a kind of flight behavior. I'm running away from because it's too painful yeah. to stay with. That I have this need because if you know the mm-hmm. need won't be met, then of course we adapt a strategy of well, I don't need the need, or I'll try even harder to get it. So some people try harder, some people pull back.
1: Yeah, so it's I, that really that, young, that has young infancy. Yeah, I, I've got an idea of what it is in my head now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to go into yeah. it on here. But um, yeah, that's really interesting. I think that's something that we could all really take, yeah. really look back at our child self and analyze. And even if it's not easy, go back and really nurture ourselves. It's, it's, it's so hard, though, like to actually attach to that person, I think.
2: Well, here's here's the good news. The brain really pretty much can't tell the difference between an actual memory and an imagination. So when you think about your childhood, you know your childhood because you have memories of it. The memories are mental images that you have, which then create physical sensations in your body. Oh, I remember my third birth, fifth birthday party, whatever, and it was so lovely and I had a big cake and blah, blah, blah. And you feel happy in your body, right? But all you're doing is you're you're activating a memory. Mm-hmm. So if you create new memories for yourself, even they weren't your actual experience, it will have a physiological effect. So now if you imagine having a mother and a father, even if it wasn't your real experience, if you imagine having a mother and a father who were loving, supportive, tactile in a healthy way, you know, respectful, boundary, all of that stuff, if you if mm-hmm. you visualize that, you'll start to feel things in your body. And your body will change its receptivity, its its neurology. So you create a new sense of self-identity based on, I did have that love and contact rather than the inverted commas real experience of I took myself off to my bedroom and I selected.
1: Yeah, that's really interesting. I guess um, on kind of on another note, but talking about memories, like I feel like a lot of um, heartbreak is triggered by memories, not necessarily your childhood memories, Mm. but your memories of being with that person. And those are the moments where the pain kind of all comes sort of flooding back. Um, And it's very hard to get away from those memories, especially when they, um, I guess had so much like love and happiness and especially at a time like now where, we have this global pandemic. There is so much uncertainty in the world, and you, you look—you, you're craving that kind of like happiness and that support. So these memories become quite hard to g- get away from. Like they—they they don't. You can't really get away from the memories of the the partner and the
2: yeah, absolutely the
1: thing that was. I mean,
2: we're so we're you know we're all longing for love, connection, and, and happiness. So of course. Mm. The, and the stronger the experience, the more strongly it imprints in our nervous system. But yeah. strong positive and strong negative, of course, and trauma is the opposite of that, right? Which is a strong negative yeah. experience. But strong positive mm-hmm. experiences are, are deeply meaningful for us. And so of course they imprint in the body. And then when we see things or we think about things that would remind us of that situation, it's going to activate the same physiological response in our body. And, mm-hmm. You know, it's painful, but it's also really important to honor the the mm. beauty, the love that was shared, the love that existed in the relationship, if there's a real heartbreak, because it's, you know, unhealthy just to dismiss it and say, well, it didn't make it matter to me anyway. That's not honoring the truth of your experience if you feel real heartbreak. Yeah.
3: This is a, this is an advert from BetterHelp Therapy Online. This is an ad from BetterHelp Therapy Online.
1: Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Just fill out a brief questionnaire and get like... We're sharing Beducated with you.
3: Yes. I mean, what's not better in masturbation, mate, to actually take the time to focus on yourself and your own pleasure and masturbate
1: and it's literally good for you. It releases all your happy hormones and reduces stress. There's literally no reason not to masturbate.
3: So Florence, what have you been learning in your course?
1: I've been learning
3: techniques that
1: I have never tried before when it comes to masturbation, which areas are more sensitive and which bits turn me on more. The
3: technique thing has been blowing my mind. Like the way that the language is used and, you know, it's it's people just like us teaching. It's not, I don't know, it's not someone sitting there in a lab coat. It's people who have had these experiences. I was learning from Lola Jean. She's like the squirt queen, right? And the way that she talks about even just like not going straight into G-spot stimulation, she's explaining everything that... You know, if you have an oversensitive G-spot, you might not want to go in with direct penetration. You want to explore and give pleasure to your G-spot externally, you know, not necessarily on the clitoris. Yes. I feel like if I keep going and I keep practice with this, I will be able to squirt.
1: And if that sounds like something you'd be interested in, you can try Beducated with 50% off the yearly pass with our coupon code COMECURIOUS.
3: That's C O M E we wanted to tell
1: you about our patreon we just wanted to say that we're independent and this is a really good way for independent podcasts to fund themselves
3: you can find all the links to the right stuff in the show notes in the description and of course on our social media on our little link tree so yeah check it out and come say hi
2: so it's really important to recognize wow i feel so much pain because i felt so much love and up yeah and and Uh, The mirror has gone, but I still have that capacity for love. That Mm -hmm. remains, really honoring that capacity for love. And the the reality is that, you know, if you keep your heart open and you move through life, you'll find someone else as a different mirror to to have a new experience.
0: Did you know this podcast is powered by ACAST? Acast is the home of podcasting. For creators looking for freedom to grow their listeners and make money, too. And creative brands looking for smart ways to advertise. Podcasters and advertisers in the know know Acast. It's time you did, too. Visit Acast.com to find out more. Acast. For the stories.
1: So as a therapist have you found that there is sort of a best way or route to healing a heartbreak
2: you have to feel it to heal it is a corny old therapy saying but it's but it's true right <laughs> so you know when we shut it off and we say it didn't matter that, that that relationship's over and you know screw them forget about it that's just locking pain and the emotion deeper into our body and unfortunately, it doesn't just go away. We can't override it. It will come up at yeah. some point in the future. So yes. you really need to allow space for it. You know, it depends on the nature of the heartbreak, of course, as well. Like, you know, is it a heartbreak because a partner died? Or is it a, part, a, a mm-hmm. heartbreak because they left you, but you only knew them a month, uh, but it felt mm-hmm. like a deep relationship? Or is it a 20-year marriage and relationship that, you know, had whatever you had kids yeah. with? I mean, there's different levels of it. So yeah, honor sure. what was, let yourself feel the feelings of it and, you know, don't get, don't get stuck in obsessing about the other person. Don't get mm. stuck in, oh, but I had this memory and I need, you know, I've lost this experience. Know that you can recreate yeah. that, that experience, not the same experience, but you can recreate those feelings with a different person in a different time.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think everyone can relate to that moment where you obsess a little too much. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's really shit when there's like the internet where you just, I feel like everyone just is their, their worst enemy when it comes to uh, heartbreak and social media now these days, because you can find out anything you want.
2: Yeah. That can be really painful. So, you know, in Mm -hmm. terms of bad ideas after a heartbreak um you know don't be obsessing over your ex-partner don't be looking at their social media profile um
1: for me blocking them was a really helpful thing it sounds quite harsh and it wasn't any like it didn't it didn't mean that i didn't like Mm. them anymore or like it wasn't it wasn't done in a negative way at all it was literally for my own sanity Mm because I knew that if there was the possibility of looking on their Instagram profile or seeing that they had seen a story I posted or whatever, then the thought would still kind of be there and I would be able to, to sort of, yeah, yeah. obsess. Yeah.
2: I mean, you know, that's, that's putting a boundary in place. What I would say is if, if you have the capacity and that the other person has the capacity it would be good to communicate mm. why you're why you're blocking them rather than just block them and then yeah. they feel really hurt from that yeah um, but just really explaining what's going on for you but yes creating yeah. some distance is gonna is gonna help
1: are there any other not very productive things that people can do <laughs>
2: the worst thing you could do is stalk someone right whether that's literally <laughs> or or, or um, on social media um Apart from being criminal, (laughs) um, it's also just really bad for your heart, right? I mean, you know, just checking someone's social media page every day, like you're you're, you're,
3: feeding the demon, demon,
2: right? You're just feeding the Mm -hmm. pain, and and you know, why would you want to do that? Uh, It's not going to help you. It's not going to help you to move on. It's not going to help you to positively remember the experiences. It's just going to you know reinforce the agony of it all. So. It's, mm. it's important that we don't get lost in that. It's a, it's a black hole that you can wander into sometimes if you're not mindful.
1: For sure, for sure. So, do you have any advice for people that have broken up with people and don't know how to deal with someone else's broken heart?
2: Just um, really honor their experience. Um, mm. You know, that the, the truth is that they're feeling something, even if you're not feeling it. And that's touching into mm-hmm. a deep vulnerability in them. And so, just, mm-hmm. you know, again, it all comes back to our childhood patterning and relating. So, actually, the, the heartbreak is showing us the child in the other person. If there yeah. was a child that was in pain, you wouldn't shout and scream at them, I would hope. <laughs> right so this is bad yeah. parenting um <laughs> <laughs> but you know you'd be loving you'd be compassionate you'd be patient and so mm-hmm. just you know just recognize what's really going on for that person um
3: yeah
1: just
2: acknowledge that
1: i think that that's also something that friends and family can take on board when someone else is going through a heartbreak, because a lot of the time people's advice like immediately is very protective, mm. but in quite like almost like an angry way. They they head to, oh, they like they were a fuck boy. They were mm-hmm. a dickhead like they mm-hmm. how dare yeah. they do yeah. this to you. But this is not helpful if you're going through if a heartbreak. there's real
2: heartbreak. Like I said, there's been real love. So mm-hmm. it's never productive to dishonor that love by saying that the person was a dickhead. Um, it, mm-hmm. They might have behaved in ways that were dickhead-ish, <laughs> but, but there was obviously <laughs> something in them that made you love them in the first place, yeah. right? So mm-hmm. don't don't throw the baby out of the bathwater. Don't dismiss that. Um, yes, mm-hmm. you know, maybe they did some really stupid things, but there was also this part of them that, that was lovable, And it's dishonoring Mm. yourself as well as them if you don't recognize
1: it. Yeah. And I think the greatest thing overall is that we can really learn from a heartbreak. And as you said, it's getting in touch with your inner child. So maybe if you didn't go through that heartbreak, you wouldn't have even gathered to look that deep.
2: There's always, always an opportunity for healing and growth when we have these kind of profound emotional experiences, positive or negative.
3: Mm-hmm. And
2: so, yeah, then then we have a chance to love a part of ourselves that perhaps didn't get loved before. The more we allow ourselves to feel it, the more deeply we can we're given the opportunity to love this part. So there's tremendous mm-hmm. learning and healing in this I also really like this isn't particularly a heartbreak, but in terms of ending a relationship, it can be mm-hmm. really good to have uh, a really loving conversation about. The things that you appreciated about the other person, the things that you learned about yourself, and maybe the things yeah. that you would like to have seen more of from them, the things that you would like to have expressed more of in yourself. That's a, that's a really mm-hmm. useful learning reflection at the end of a relationship.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think I did that with my ex-partner and it was... Yeah, it was, it was really mm. good. Like it just felt very, it was one of those conversations that people would say that it was closure.
2: Yeah, yeah. that's really important. Mm-hmm. That also helps to heal heartbreak is that sense of closure, which is acknowledging the positive and the negative about the relationship and about the person, about yeah. your experience of yourself in the relationship. You know, I liked, I liked how mm-hmm. I was like this in the relationship, but I wish I hadn't been like that in the relationship. Always finding that place of balance between the, you know, This was good. This wasn't so great. And just honoring both because that's the fullness of human experiences. You know, sometimes we're nice. Sometimes we're nasty. Sometimes we're good, bad, whatever. Just loving all of us.
1: Exactly. And just to wrap up as well, like um, looking back at what you have spoken to us about, what is it we can do to heal heartbreak?
2: Like I say, opening the heart is the way to heal Mm -hmm. the heart. In order to open the heart, we need to feel the pain. So when we open, we become vulnerable. We say, yeah, this hurt. I really love this person. They really loved me at that point. And now, now they don't, or now it's, now it's not expressing in the same way. Um, so you have to feel it, honor the young part of you that's had, that's also, you know, honor the young part of you that is the root cause of this experience. And, um, Just really be gentle with yourself. Don't beat yourself up. There's no point in sitting there thinking, "Oh God, I made so many mistakes. I'm so dumb." Yeah, you did that for a reason. Be gentle with that young part of yourself. Be gentle with the young part of them as well, and honour it. And once you've felt the feelings of it, let yourself move on. Know that they're a mirror. That and, and you know, even if the relationship ends, it doesn't necessarily mean that the love ends. Love can go on even when you're not in a relationship. I'm not talking about like obsessing over them, but just acknowledging that, yeah, I still have love for this person. I don't want to be in a relationship with them. They don't want to be in a relationship with me, but the love is still
1: there. I think that's really important to end that on. Thank you so mm-hmm. much, Mike. That was, that was yeah. really, really good advice. I think that everyone could take something from this episode and really, really hopefully heal themselves a little bit more.
2: Beautiful, yeah.
1: Thank you. Okay, so I think we're all sitting here now with our child selves, that younger version of you. And we need to look to that person and be there for them. What trauma did they go through that is now being reflected in this heartbreak? I found it really quite profound and kind of... I mean I got really emotional actually whilst we were recording that podcast episode. I don't know if you can you can't really hear it when you listen back to it but I was there like chin nearly wobbling like watery eyes especially just that moment when we were talking about the child self and trying to figure out what why 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 that pain was so big um, what was it about something that happened in the past that made this heartbreak so painful? Um, it was quite a process. Like, I I really wanted to cry after interviewing Mike. Um, I wanted to sit there and actually, you know, sit there and feel it. Like he said, you got to feel it to heal it. I feel like that is probably like the biggest takeaway from this episode is just allow allow yourself to feel the pain because after all the bigger the heartbreak the bigger we loved and the bigger our capacity is to love and what is more beautiful than that to be honest and it means that we're always going to have that capacity to love like it's not just for that person that broke our hearts it it could be for anyone in the future we have learned the skill to love someone that deeply that we are feeling that deep pain now and that is that is something quite amazing um in my opinion i think for me um like especially the 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 not feeling good enough has always come up for me in heartbreaks and breakups. It was something that I really struggled with in my longer term relationship. I never felt like I was good enough for my partner, and I always managed to put them on some sort of pedestal where I'm just like, "Wow, this person, how can they be with me? I am not worthy." <laughs> like I it's a reoccurring thing it's a reoccurring feeling of not feeling good enough and I remember when I was sitting down with quarantine Bay, the guy who broke my heart um when we were kind of separating um I said like I was in floods of tears and I was just saying like it makes me feel like I'm not good enough and he sat there in front of me and said you are good enough Florence like this has nothing to do with you like it's never been because you aren't good enough and hearing someone say that to me out loud was it was powerful and (laughs) made me cry some more to be honest um but I just like, I'm, I'm there with you feeling the not good enough and also the abandonment. I've so many times things happen in your childhood where you do get abandoned by either parent and it leaves you feeling vulnerable and sort of clasping for that support. And for me personally, I've always looked for um, intimacy and comfort in partners I am I'm not a huggy person I do not hug like I don't cuddle friends like I just I I don't it makes me feel super super awkward and this is something that I've carried with me from whatever happened in my childhood I don't even know I'm still working through this um but it's carried on and it's given such gravitas to whoever I'm in a relationship with because the intimacy that they give me I don't get from anywhere else and I think especially this year during the pandemic that has been even more significant because we literally aren't going around hugging people these days like we we don't get that intimacy like uh, someone holding our hand feels like a million times more than it would have before the pandemic hit it feels like the most comforting thing in the whole wide world so it's i guess it's acknowledging all of these experiences and chatting to mike definitely oh uh, i just thought he gave some real real good advice and i thought it was really important to remember what he said about our partner being a mirror and like mirrors will come and go and the experiences like you always put whatever's happened like in your life on the experience it isn't because of that one person like they are the mirror to you which is quite a weird revelation right What also really stood out to me in his advice was when he told us that we could remake our memories. Okay, so like when we're sitting there in front of our child selves and being there for our child self, we can we can make a memory up. So if you're feeling abandoned, like your childlike self is feeling abandoned, we can sit there and imagine we can imagine our father or our mother giving us that hug and that embrace and that comfort that we feel that we didn't have at that point and we can we can give ourselves that memory and i'm sitting here doing that right now with my eyes closed and it feels so warm and comforting and i think that's something that we all need right now so let's end this episode sitting here with our child selves and give yourself a hug Please sit here and give yourself a hug for me. And this is how we're going to round up the episode. We are all going to be here hugging ourselves. And I just, I love the thought of us all just sitting here and being there, being there to comfort ourselves in this time of need.
0: Tell me you cold, but it don't feel right. I miss you in my arms, but I like alone at night.
1: So, a massive thank you to Mike Lusada for coming onto the podcast. You can find him on his Instagram, which is Mike Lusada, L O U S A D A, and his website, which is www.mikelusada.com. Thank you so much for being here, everyone, and being here on my journey and everyone else's journey to heal your heartbreak next week i'm gonna be talking to an astrologer cannot wait she's called six and she is actually part of our team on come curious now on our instagram so i cannot wait to have this conversation with her and i can't wait for you to all hear it as well so you will hear me next week on another episode of how to heal a heartbreak
0: powers the world's best podcasts. Here's an episode we recommend. Hi, I'm theme park
3: journalist Carly Weisel, and my job is to bring you the weirdest, wackiest theme park stories on my podcast, Very Amusing. Hear how Disney built a Star Wars-themed land from the people who built it, the wild way Butterbeer was first created, and this week, get a secret look at what happens inside Disneyland's members-only Club 33, and its extremely private-themed bar. Very amusing is jam-packed with exclusive details about Star Wars, Marvel, and Jurassic World attractions, hilarious celebrity interviews, and, well, everything you've ever wanted to know about theme parks but haven't found anywhere else. Wanna go on a wild ride that won't cost you hundreds in admission tickets? Listen to Very Amusing with Carly Wiesel on the ACAST app or wherever you get your podcasts. ACAST, A-Cast. 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 A-Cast recommends.